Welcome to Houndsy, the Steel Army Podcast. I'm Dan Yost. Join with me tonight is Comic Henry, who you know better as Vesti. What's good, Vesti? Hey, not much. Uh, just enjoying a frosty, icy light after watching a frosty U.S. soccer game. Yeah, we are recording here uh, about a half hour after the U.S. get their 3-0 victory over Honduras. I guess we could probably talk about that a little bit later in the show, but uh, good way yeah. to start off the programming here. And um, so as you probably guess, we are on episode one of the new Steel Army podcast, Houndsy. But someone who was on the previous iteration of this podcast was Kyle. Uh, take us through those uh, that first run at this all those years ago. Yeah, so uh, for anybody who's been around for a while... Um, you may recall we tried to do this, God, I don't know, it was like 2014 maybe, and I think we got like five episodes in before it just fell apart. Um, it was me, Dyson, uh, I feel like maybe Ben at the time was doing it. I, I forget who it was. I remember it was Ben just, on it was at least so one short of those episodes. Yeah, it, it was so short-lived. Um, but, uh, you know, we, didn't, we just kind of were flying by the seat of our pants and it just didn't work out. So... Uh, hopefully take two goes a little better this time around you think we can get past five episodes this time hmm well we are in preseason so if, I, if we can make it to the season that'd be probably uh <laughs> five episodes right there that you don't thinking that we're actually gonna do this weekly is pretty lofty goals but we can we can work for it hey i don't know what you were planning to do with this i i still don't <laughs> i'm just hoping hoping that catches on at some point and uh we get past five episodes oh fingers crossed so nothing's changed in seven years is what really we're coming down to here and yeah uh yeah it is what it is i guess we're, yeah, we're not all uh, uh the steel army we're great for game day stuff we don't necessarily do these extracurricular things too too well no not uh not too at all, but we can. This can be the first step in changing that. We can be role models. We can be leaders. In the year of 2022, podcasts might take off, and we're going to be right at the, at the forefront here. We can get on the NFTs by 2030. <laughs> uh, I don't think we have to, uh, but other uh, people in the Hounds organization may be interested in that. True. Very true. <laughs> Jeez, I like it. Good start. Um, before we get into a lot of the, uh, the hounds news, something we do want to, uh, we do want to discuss is, uh, the very sad passing of, uh, John Belgian this past weekend. Uh, John was one of our longtime drummers, maybe one of our first consistent drummers that the Steel Army had. Uh, and he was there pretty much every, every home game, uh, basically, if not before the Highmark area, but definitely during the Highmark uh, period of of the Hounds. And I, I know I'm going to miss him. I know a lot of other people are going to miss him. He um, he was enthusiastic about the, the, the club, about the organization, about the Steel Army. Um, he brought a lot of, of actual skill to the, to the drumming core, if you will. And... Uh, it's it's gonna be different without him uh, without him going forward. Yeah, um, it's uh, you know unfortunate to kick off our first episode with a bummer, but we unfortunately 
yeah, we unfortunately don't get to you know choose the timing of these sort of things. Um, but yeah, like you said, John's been around forever. Uh, he was constant presence at the front of the section. Uh, always a pleasure to talk to. And um, he will definitely be missing the drums this year. Absolutely. Um, I hope we will have an opportunity to work with the club. Um, uh, hopefully do something during the first during the home opener for... Um, for him or uh, for his family going um, maybe during the game or pregame. That'd be good. But we'll have to take a look at that and uh, work with the club on that. For sure. Uh, uh, moving on from that, um, we can get into uh, the Hounds. Uh, obviously, we're in the, the mix of the... Uh, the offseason now, getting ready for the, uh, actually more of, we can say the preseason now that we're in February. And, um, yeah, the first thing we can look at here is, is kind of the roster that the Hounds have built so far. Nine returners, uh, most of those were guys who started last year. We've now mixed in a couple of free agents, including a couple of big names. Anything that sticks out to you so far? Yeah, um, I think this is potentially the first season uh, under Bob where his famous one-year and options have all kind of lined up um, in that we really retained um, a, a strong core from the previous season. Um, in the past, he usually keeps like you know five or six guys. It's kind of like a, a, a sprinkling of all the positions, maybe a little more midfield heavy than anything. Uh, but there'll always be like you know we'd have like three strike three four strikers from the previous year two of them are on option we maybe keep one or two and the other ones would go off and see if they can get paid somewhere else um and so there's it was kind of a, a a steady rotation throughout the entire roster but coming into this year um yeah we really lucked out with the the contract situation and uh, being able to keep like Dixon and Cicerone, um, I feel like in the past it would been one or the other. Um, I, I think it's going to get the Hounds on a, a really strong uh, foot to start the season. Um, there is the the USL Tactics guy uh, posted uh, a chart today that it was like um, the the returning the minutes returned. I, I think that's how it was as phrased. Um, I think it was like, 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 yeah, uh, uh, yeah, game minutes retained as a percentage of the season or something like that. Yeah, like the idea was like, you know, you, you, you could have six guys return, but if it's six bench players who never did anything, is it really that, you know, strong of a returning roster? Um, whereas if you have six guys return that they were all 90 minute players, you know, you're, you're returning a strong, stronger core. Um, and I, I don't remember where exactly we fell in that chart. We weren't at the very top, but we were pretty high up um, compared to the rest of the conference. Top three, top four, something like that. Not the top, yeah. but, but in that three, four, five range, something like that, I imagine. Yeah, so that really, again, just shows that we um, aren't having quite as much rotation um, or, or people leaving as we have in the past. Like, we have that core group still. And... Um, 
you know, we, the Hounds have been notorious of slow starts. Um, maybe not so much on their ball, but on our previous uh, regimes. So, what are you um, talking really about? Hoping... No, <laughs> the Hounds go to a slow start uh, under Bob the last couple of years, and then someone wants to throw out there that somehow Bob has somehow lost his touch. The league has passed Bob by. And then a month later, we can all laugh at those people. All right. Well, well I think a Bob's slow start is different than like a, a Stefan's slow start or. Um... Or whoever else when we went on didn't get a win in the first like nine games. Bob's slow start is a bunch of draws. Yeah. Yeah. So probably the uh, uh, much of the people that of the nine that were retained were uh, uh, were on option. Their options that were picked up, should we say? Uh, and then one of those nine that were not announced. It was kind of the. The big name out there of someone who was not on an option year uh, and was not announced originally, but then came back is Danny Griffin, and he is the first person under Bob that is not a year plus an option year. He is just a one year deal. Uh, young guy had two good years and now can can pull a little more weight in the negotiations. It seems like get away from the option year. Yeah, um, I. Yeah, definitely great to have him back. Um, I, I, you know, it's it's tough to say exactly why it's only one year or one an option. Um, maybe he wasn't getting many bites, but um, you know, maybe Bob's like, "Hey, come back here for another year. We can we can get you a little, you know, boost your stock a little better." Um, I'd also be curious. Uh, this is the first year with the CBA and minimum compensations and stuff like that, and I, I wonder if. We're going to see less of the one year in the option uh, in in future contracts. Um, not not to say everything's going to be one year like like Griff Griffin, but we're seeing other teams around the league they're signing them for like three or four year uh, since now instead of the shorter ones. Um, so I think the the, the Lily special of the one one plus option might uh, might not see a whole lot of that next year, but I guess we'll see. But do you ever see Bob sign to someone from like even if it's not the one plus one? He might put a guy on two years. There's no way he's ever going to sign someone to three, right? That's so. That'd be. Uh, yeah, it has to be such a deal, I think. Um, or, I, 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 a veteran probably not. Uh, but maybe these guys that he pulls up from D two college ranks, I could see him trying to lock some of them up a little longer, because uh, a lot, a lot of them do end up sticking around. Like uh, Velarde was here for you know three four years. Um. I'm sure he would like to lock up Mertz for three years instead of the two. Uh, so I, I think that would probably be more what we see. And I, I think the young guys, too, might be more willing to sign those longer ones, whereas the uh, the older ones would maybe uh, rather see if they can uh, increase their paychecks if possible. You brought up the CBA, and I think that is one of the things that we're not talking about nearly enough as we go through the offseason here in terms of what that mean for guys who were on contracts before, how has it changed guys coming out of college and looking for their first deal now? Is it easier for those guys to get a contract now harder because now there's you're investing more into those guys? Is this helping the veterans get, get that deal over the, over the rookie? Uh, I would really like to know kind of inside baseball how the CBA is, was changing things, both from a, from a player standpoint and from a, a club's standpoint. Yeah, I, uh, I hope it's, um, yeah, obviously 
been in conversations great for the players um there were there's been some stories over the years of uh what some of the guys have been paid and that's that's not great but uh i really hope the big thing we see out of it is just length um we, we've talked about it before on discord and, and stuff within the steel army that you know we we really like the guys that come in we get really attached to them but it's always a bummer when they're only here for two years usually um so if we can you know lock people up uh not not necessarily like Kerr length when he's here for like seven or whatever that was but you know just a little longer kind of build more of an identity um and get to see the guys play here more often and you see that with like louisville and tampa they're bringing back the same people all the time um and they're consistently good teams and saying so, you know, that's, that's where we want to be speaking of guys that are coming in the big name that we retained that was not on option year was was griffin uh but then the probably the, the notable name that is new to the organization uh, that would people around the league would have known, obviously, is Dane Kelly coming in after a week of mysterious hype by the organization where we're searching for great Danish players or something like that. But we end up with Dane Kelly. What's your thoughts on, on Dane Kelly? Is this Tuffy open up the bank account a little bit here? I think so. Um, we've had with the... Um... We've had a few teams drop uh, the, the two teams and and Charlotte, so there's definitely the uh, there was the chance to to poach for I guess lack of a better word a few guys out of those teams that would want to stay up at the championship level. So and I for a veteran like that you know he can't be that cheap. I'm not saying we like got necessarily got him for a steal, but yeah it's it's a, it's. A great sign that Tuffy and, and Bob, uh, you know, we already know they're, they're competitive and want to win championships, but to see a, a splash like that, uh, really the first kind of splash we've seen in a while um, along those lines. It's, it's a really good sign for what they want to accomplish this year. And uh, his his stats speak for themselves uh, as part of the teasing as, as making uh, note of his 99 league goals and being the league leader at that um, for active players. Yeah, so, so he's he's on 99 goals, which is the USL record for career goals. We also have the uh, USL career assist leader in the captain, Kennard Forbes. Uh, so those two combined, have, that's a good thing, right? In theory. You'd hope so. Yeah. Now, here's, here's <laughs> the question I have for us as, as the Steel Army. So, Dane Kelly is on 99 goals in the USL. His next goal, if I can do my math correctly, will be 100. If he scores that goal at home, do we celebrate, like, do we do something special for that? For him reaching 100, even though it's one with, with us in the Hounds? Uh, I am conflicted about that. Um, obviously, it's a big milestone, and I think the team should definitely, I'm sure they'll have a graphic ready about it. But as like supporters who are probably more emotional than uh, uh, I don't know, just the more emotional bunch, I guess. Um, him not being around here and having that connection with us makes me feel not that he doesn't deserve it, but just like I don't know if I'm going to freak out about it. Um, especially if it's early, like if he does this in the first game, like you know, he could, I'll give him a, a good applause and everything, but. Uh, I don't know. I just find it hard to, to 
to really go crazy about it. This will Unless, be the first thing I want to say. I, I wish I would have looked up before we started. Any idea how many he scored against us? Because I don't think oh, he's really no done idea. that much damage against the Hounds. I'm not saying it's zero, but I feel like it's... it's a, I don't remember ever walking out of a game going, fucking Dan Kelly. <laughs> yeah, no, he's, he's one of those guys, like, he's a name, and he obviously puts up great numbers every year, but he, I don't... He's not necessarily on, like, the league's goal of the weeks uh, all the time, like some guys are. Uh, so I think it's kind of more of a quiet... And I mean, you could say even the same thing with Forbes, assist leader. I don't think he's necessarily doing like the flashiest assists all the time. That gets the tension. He just racks up the stats. Um, I know Dane Kelly. He, I think he started late last year, like maybe in May or June, and he still was up and leading Charlotte with goals. And uh, I think he had like thirteen, fourteen. I forget the exact. So number. He, it was double digits, but yeah, yeah. He, was, he was out of. He was out of the USL for a short bit. He went overseas to play for a for a season and came back. Found a found a home yeah, in Charlotte. So, like, so I don't expect him to like fall off a cliff. But you know, if he scores this goal for the first game, like I said, like um, I'll be happy. You know, happy that he's a hound doing it. But uh, emotionally, I'm just not invested probably that much at that point. But if for some weird reason it takes like a half the season to do it. And then he does it. I will definitely be uh, losing my mind a lot more. I think um, it just the, the context of it's a little different than if it was somebody who's been here for a few years. The bigger picture, outside of of just Dan Kelly, he's the probably the biggest name in the kind of the the forwards grouping that the that Bob has put together. But I mean, now you're you have what five guys, five forwards for this team. They, they can't all. There's only one ball. Like, wh- how do you see Bob implementing five forwards into into his vision? Well, some one of those forwards is going to become a midfield, whether they like it or not. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like every year, we go into this preseason and we see the the forwards we we pick up and we make uh, some declarations about who's going to start and everything. And then there's always like that one guy that then rides the bench all year. I, I was just like, oh, you're, you're <laughs> jumping ahead. That was going to be once we get to the right before the season starts. That's going to be the, the the round table question: Who's going to be the one guy who sees, you know, forty five or fewer <laughs> minutes in the year? Yeah, hopefully I, it's someone I who's could. not currently on the roster. But <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm, yeah. If, if Dane Kelly rides the bench all year, that's that'd be so weird. <laughs> um, Injuries notwithstanding. Yeah, well, I, I think that'd be a given. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I imagine, I mean, Bob Bob plays usually two up top, um, or like one on one. So I imagine somebody's going to just be dropping back into the midfield if he wants to play him, or uh, we I mean we are sticking with five subs I think this year. So there is I more believe so. I haven't heard anything that's going that's going to change. It sounds like IFAB is going to leave that as a permanent option. So we might never see three subs again in the USL. Yeah, I, didn't think, I think only the Premier League is the one that's really kind of trying to, to buck that trend. Every other league in the in the world seems to be pretty fine with five. Uh, who, knows, who knew the USL was being a trendsetter like 10 years ago before they <laughs> tried to follow what everybody else is doing, only to backtrack now. Um, but yeah, with more subs too, there's I think less of a chance of only like one striker being subbed in. We might see two every game and 
just keep the legs fresh, but we'll see, I guess. A couple other kind of fun factoids, or not factoids, but standouts from this, this lineup so far. Uh, Bob pretty much owning Trinidad's back line for the Hounds. Is you think that could work for the club, that these guys are playing basically club and country together? Or is this a potential backfire if they all were to go away on international duty? Although when I checked a few weeks ago, it looks like there might be only three games where that could come up. Ironically, both of them against Detroit and then another one. But a net positive? My hot take is that everybody's making more hay over this than needs to be. Uh, you think about these international breaks or hot international games. They're, what, six weekends a year? Eight weekends of the year, like they're not like they're playing every other day together. So sure, they're gonna have some familiarity, but I don't think it's gonna be this massive amount that they're just gonna be this impenetrable back line because they happen to every once in a while go and play against some other team internationally. So net like, do you, th- net you think positive? it's a big deal? I don't think. I think it's. I think it's fun and interesting. I don't think it's usually. Once I saw how few games are currently impacted. I didn't think it was a big deal. Funny that both Detroit games are, as the schedule works out. So I was less concerned when I saw how few games comes into play with it. So I'm going net positive that these guys hopefully uh, have good chemistry already coming into the season. Uh, Again, something I thought we had an issue with last year with conceding too many goals early on is we had basically a a brand new back line. Uh, We've kind of addressed that issue. By we, I mean Bob, because I haven't done a damn thing. (laughs) Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, it's a neat fact. I'm not saying that. I don't want to say that there's no benefit to it. I just don't think it's. Uh, I, I think, cl- uh, if they were at club level together, I think that would have more stock to me than every, the occasional international game. Um, especially if it's if they've only been playing together on things like friendlies and stuff too. You know, that's that's such low stakes. It's not like they're going to a World Cup where they're training for months on end together. Um, so I don't know. I, I got. We'll see. I guess. Um, I did think it was interesting that they he brought back so much of the back line because um, I think that was one of our potentially weaker areas uh, of the ball. Um, at least compared to previous seasons, we were definitely giving up more goals and and. But Vigiela it was still the third fewest active. goals in the league. Yeah, but I don't. I, I I don't know. I guess when you're looking at the, like the numbers too, it's like. We yeah, were giving up more goals by like point three goals a game, so is it really that big of a deal? Um, but for for Bob standards, and especially for the previous years where we were trending under a goal game allowed, um, you know, it's definitely it was noticeable. You know, we talked about it, uh, and Vitiello uh, had to be much more active than he was in the previous season. But um, yeah, another another year, like I. I I give more stock in those guys playing for the Hounds last year and the uh, familiarity that there than the uh, couple other international guys are bringing in. Speaking but, of uh, Vidiello, he's not back, and neither are any other of the goalies. Now, to me, this is the thing that everyone's making too big of a deal out of. Clearly, Bob doesn't care that much who plays in net for him. Uh, you get two years in, in Bob's net, and then you're cut. You're out. Two years, maybe Fresh one. Meat two, only. Two's the exception. I mean, do you think it's a big deal that there's no, no one signed right now as of February second? I mean, 
it's not great for your nerves. Uh, but yeah, Bob Bob has, and, and not to knock any of the keepers been history here in recent years because they've all been great. Um, but Bob definitely has a system where you can. Is it the, the the term from football? The system quarterback. You can have a system keeper, and still perform well. Uh, so I'm sure he will find somebody. The um, the kind of potentially worrying thing that I just thought of the other day, though, is that with the MLS Next starting up and the what twenty eight teams in that, yeah, that's another. Oh God, math. Uh, 56 keepers potentially if they all have two keepers each that are off the market and I know they're a league or a level below us technically but you know that's it's still a lot more uh, competition for it's a, a lot position more that yeah for a position that has probably a smaller pool than like a midfielder or whatever now I, uh, this, to me this goes back to the CBA thing uh, if you're a if you're unless you're you're going to Let's just call it MLS D3 because that ML, that name is terrible. Uh, <laughs> if you're going to MLS D3, there's no minimum salary there. If you're coming out of college, you might begin a better deal financially going, going the USL route. Now, if you think you this gives you a better look at getting to MLS eventually, possibly. But if you're you know, a, a solid but not outstanding college keeper and you don't think that there's a great chance of you making it to D1... You you might be more financially incentivized to go the USL route than the than the MLS D three path. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to quantify that that MLS allure um, and the you know just play for us at this level for a couple of years, and then we'll give you a look on the first team. Um, and uh, it, being a new league too, we just don't really have much data to look at. Uh, so to speak, to to see what that would do. But I, I think it's definitely just something to think about. It's not a league, a ton of new teams all of a sudden. Uh, they're gonna they need players, and I, I think that's gonna affect rosters across the league. That I mean, they're pretty soon they're gonna have to have their rosters set and people signed, even if they haven't necessarily announced anything yet. But that's a pool of players they're pulling that you would maybe see at open tryouts with the Hounds. Or, or or whatever, so um, I, I could see there being a lot more last minute signings to see how that shakes out if their rosters are getting set before USLs, and then uh, you know Bob always looking for the the cast off and the the guy who just wants to play and maybe brings his price down a little bit. He, he says as much on the preseason interviews on long goals. So Bob, uh, Bob loves a bargain; see. he's not afraid to admit. <laughs> Oh yeah, he he's very very upfront about how he builds a roster. There's no mystery about it. So, um, I I don't know the timelines of our schedule versus MLS next pro D three whatever because they haven't even announced th- the schedule yet. Yeah, but I gotta imagine it's gonna be pretty close it has to, to be MLS's in the next week or two, right? Right, right. Has to be in there. Like, come on. If they're, trying to, if they're trying to maintain a schedule close to the rest of the U.S. E- you know, uh, ecosphere, shall we say, you're going to have to have a schedule in the next couple of weeks. MLS is yeah. kicking. MLS D1 is kicking off at the end of February. 
two weeks later yeah, is, it, is USL. And, and as much as they 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 say it's like not the it's not reserve league two point like I I can't imagine their schedule being wildly different from the the D one schedule for just logistical reasons and like I can I honestly I think you know basing this off of absolutely nothing uh, I I could really see them falling back to the old reserve league style uh, where D one plays at one o'clock and D three plays at at four fifteen. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, save on travel costs because for a league that doesn't even do private charters for the D one, like they're not gonna, they're gonna try to minimize the travel costs for this new D three league. The you know they're trying to be as cheap as possible over there. Right. Back to my last point on not point, but kind of thing I wonder out loud about the Hounds and goaltenders for this year, goalkeepers for this year. Excuse me. Every year except last year, Bob went into this, the first game with two keepers under contract. And then every year, injuries came up and he had to sign another person midseason. Last year, he has three under contract and there was not a single injury to worry about. Does Bob go into this year with two or three keepers under contract going into game one? Uh, I'm going to go three just for my same logic of a potentially smaller pool of people you can call up on uh, if these other leagues are poaching. So you'd rather stock the third and not to try to scramble if you need someone? Yeah. Yeah, I, you know. I wonder how much that becomes a sellable asset if there's injuries across the lower leagues and all of a sudden there's a scramble for for, for someone. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Um, worst comes to worst, we could uh, invoke the emergency keeper rule that so many teams were uh, doing at the end of last year in the playoffs, and we'll just, you know, roll the dice and just pick up somebody from a team that didn't make it. If you if you have three keeper signs, you can you get to play the guy that hadn't seen the field all year. If you only have two keeper signs, you get to go pick up a, a guy who's played every game of the, of the year. So basically, how that works. Oh, the whole world is a possibility in that situation, as long as they got the transfer paperwork in. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Wonderful. Uh, the other thing, their big part before the season started, the preseason started, was the the schedule came out a little bit later this year than uh, years previous, or the better than it was five, six years ago when we were all on the Twitters screaming our heads off. Any big takeaways from uh, from the season this year? Thirty four games are back up to. Two conferences, so no more divisions. Uh, two, uh, everyone in your conference home and away, and then four home against the West and four on the road against the West. What are your thoughts? I'm just happy to have a, a full proper schedule again. The you know, playing the same teams over and over uh, in the small geographical area wasn't uh, not a big fan of that. So uh, just happy to see everybody again and. Um, Probably the most interesting thing for the Hounds, anyways, is that uh, the last like six games of the year, five of them are against West Coast teams, or some some crazy like I think that. All I think the final four are all against the West. The final four are, and then I think there's one more, like a game or two before the final four. So it's like I don't know. I feel like it's like Sacramento, and then we play like Hartford or Charleston or something, and then we do that run of. Um, 
West Coast teams that are uh, uh, they're. I wish I had up my phone. I don't really feel like actually digging for it at the moment. But it's it's also like most of them are either home or away as well. It's just a weird weird run. Um. So if you're and, if you're leading if you're ahead on points, it's you're, it's gonna be harder for other teams to catch up because there's no six pointers. But then likewise, if you're chasing teams, it's gonna be hard to, to make up make up ground late. Yeah, it just it definitely seems like we're gonna have to be in a good spot before that run because uh, it's just gonna be it's just gonna weirdly affect the standings in our conference uh, for playoff position by not playing anybody in our conference. So. I would think we want to be kind of in a solid spot before that run so that nothing weird happens um, as far as points. Um, but that's the only thing that really stuck out to me. Everything else, you know, just happy back to a regular schedule, especially a relatively balanced one. Um, what about you, do you have anything? Well, I was that, upset. Uh, we, had, we kind of discussed before the times came out, we were discussing Sacramento could be like, USL after dark for us here on the East Coast. It's a it's a day game yeah. for us, so we're not getting the uh, no like late night hounds for us, which I'm disappointed about that. Um, yeah, for for people who haven't been around for that long, um, back when it was still one, just one table, uh, we'd go out to the West Coast for like Sacramento, LA, LA two, LA, yeah, LA two. Was it the LA? Blue or OC Blues? Well, it, then? Uh, there was a for a while there were the they were the LA Blues and uh, I think the last year we we're going out there was when they changed the name to OC. Yeah, and then Arizona United or whatever they were called at the time they changed names like three times. Uh, but th- yeah, those are those are great, and we since they were like nine ten o'clock kickoffs, uh, sometimes one of our members would have uh, a party at at their place and have like a projector in the backyard. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Uh, cause it was just so kind of off the wall. Yeah. I was um, really upset. So yeah, it's a real shame. We... No late night hounds for us. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, no Friday home game. I have to, are we keeping the, uh, Hawaiian shirts in the, uh, in the closet for a year? No, that, that's so much fun. We gotta, we gotta find another date. Uh, just, I don't know. But are we bastardizing? Hawaiian shirt night by just throwing it on another night? Are we are we losing the sanctity of the Hawaiian shirts, Bestie? <laughs> Hawaiian shirts have a lot of sanctity, though. Um, is there? I I feel like that would work for any weeknight game. I don't know if we have a Wednesday at home or not. I think there's two of them. So yeah, just do one of those. I think it's, it's all not Saturdays, Friday, except for two just... Wednesdays and a Sunday. If I if I remember off track, but there's definitely definitely one, possibly two Wednesdays. Are we just declaring Look, it now know, one of those Wednesdays is going to be Hawaiian shirt night? I know we're going to lose the office space meme, but I'd rather sacrifice that than, than the Hawaiian shirt night because I just have too much fun in my Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> I'm curious what percentage of, of the crowd loses that connection. Is it just is that like the inside joke to the inside joke that you know 25% of us are in on? Or... Well, we never see much of the other grandstand area to get into it. it's always just our section and as long as we uh but what about our membership that's under 25 years old they have no clue right oh you mean but uh yeah they even know what office space is yeah well i guess it depends on a if they have cable and b if comedy central still runs it every weekend see and that's how i knew it because i i never like saw in theaters it was just always on reruns 
That's also one of those ones there. Uh, I thought, you know, you think it's funny when you're in high school and whatever in college, but then once you actually get into the office space, as the title is, uh, some of those jokes start hitting a lot harder. Says you. Oh, you're the person who's checking into an office, or was pre, pre the Rona. You're checking yeah, into we're, the office. No more office for us. Work from home 24 7 now. So the movie could be funny again. <laughs> Well, I, I do get a much better view of, uh, of the squirrels from home than I did in my office. So nice. just to make sure nobody's stealing my stapler around here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess the last takeaway, no 4th of July game. And yeah, that sucks. Yeah, I, I have my theories on it. Uh, if we, do you have any thoughts on it before I bust out my hot take? Uh, I, I, You've heard I've my hot given take. given my though. hot take a few times already, so why don't you uh, take the lead on this one? All right, so here's my thought, and if anyone from anyone from the, the, the club wants to, to refute this, they're more than welcome to. But my, my hounds, no 4th of July hot take or prediction or, or guess is now that the club owns the parking lot, they don't want to lose the 4th of July parking revenue that they're going to get regardless of if there's a game or not they don't want to lose it by having a game that night because there's going to be people people driving down there and parking there for fireworks anyways so by having a game not on the fourth of july they're getting an extra day of of good parking revenue uh for the fourth of july that's not a game thoughts that's (laughs) that's uh that's a good conspiracy theory and you know they probably you know, uh, the parking pricing for Riverhounds games has gone up over the years, but there's a, there's definitely a limit uh, for for game. Uh, what you could charge for a game, even on a holiday like the Fourth of July. So, uh, you know, if we're, if we're going down that rabbit hole, you could also probably, you know, say they're going to bump up the cost for the Fourth of July since there's not something else attached to it. Uh, but who knows? You know. But, if anyone, if anyone from the knowledge. club wants to say that that's not it, I'm, you know, I'm more than willing to hear other things. But until I, until given an excuse, that's what I'm running with. Well, the the, uh, the game we have is like a, two, a day or two after, right? Is it the six, yeah, it's, it's within two days. Yeah, so that's a a, a much more. I think the fourth weekend. falls on a Monday, so I think the game's on Saturday the second. I believe that's the run. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, so that's a, a much more lucrative weekend to have two events require parking than just one. Yes. Absolutely, it's all about I, the money. And I'm not even up to, I, if that's the, if that's the reason. I'm not even that upset about it because at least I can no, justify it's just it. Smart business. It, yes, yeah. if it's a if it's not that, if it's something that other than making the money, then I'm actually would be a little more upset. Yeah, I mean the other theory we thought uh, was where the league was really pushing to have all the games on Saturdays. Uh, that with the fourth being one day, maybe they didn't want to have a game. But there's another but, there's another game in the league that's playing on the sixth on that on the fourth. That's what blew that out yeah. of the water. I think yeah, yeah. someone well, in the West the has a 4th like, of oh. July game. Because we're wrong with that, but that kind of blew that out. You know. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, we, just, we come up with better uh, conspiracy theories. Which, what, 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 what uh, supporter group podcast would this be if we did not have some potentially unfounded conspiracy theories about our own team? Correct. That's why we're doing this now, right? Just say the stuff we were previously saying uh, in hushed tones, now saying it out loud. You can't stop the signal, man. Uh, the new president, uh, Vic, was on was on Mongols a couple days ago. Did you have a chance to listen? You're you're on vacation. You um, down hanging out with the mouse. So did you have a chance to listen on your way back? 
Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, the the mouse does not stop podcasts. Uh, but um, yeah, I listened to it. It it, it was fine. Uh, he's very good at the uh, kind of corporate speak, um, which I guess that means he knows what he's doing. <laughs> uh, I mean, the the biggest takeaway for me wasn't even Riverhounds related. It was just personal that uh, he apparently is a Kennywood alum, and, and I'm also a Kennywood alum. Uh, so I always, uh, anybody who suffered through the fun park for however many years always gets a boost in my book. And he's also but, a um, Morse guy, so there's my connection. <laughs> there you go. He's he's ticking all the boxes for us, so as long as the you know the team doesn't go under, I think he uh, will we'll, we'll have high favors of him. Yeah, I, my biggest takeaway from, from that, and I, uh, a couple of us had a meeting with him a week or two before that, uh, he's definitely, he, there's there's a plan. There's a plan in place. Uh, I know we're going to get to it in here a little bit, but the, the monitor injection site is a big part of why he was probably brought in to, to maximize uh, uh, the financial viability of both Montour Junction and then Highmark Stadium once a lot of the operations are moved to Montour Junction. Um, he seems to have a plan. He he knows what he wants to do. He knows what He knows what he should not be doing and is trying mm-hmm. to outsource the things that he should not be trying to do. So hopefully those things get better. Not the. I don't want to. Uh, well, no, he did. Say, he did say on on Monday that they were looking at uh, having someone else come in and do uh, do concessions. So I guess we can say it now that uh, concessions are most likely not going to be in house this coming year, uh, which I think is a good thing. Uh, not that it. I thought Vic did a good job of especially getting us a bar right next to our section, um, and then the tailgate zone, all that stuff was actually improving how quick you can get a beer during the game or at halftime. But I think, you know, came to the realization that probably it's best to outsource those operations to someone else. Uh, so it's kind of, kind of recognizing what, what they can and cannot or should not be doing. Yeah. I mean, the, the concession stuff has been a known issue for a while. And it's, it's, it's a tough nut to crack just because of um, the logistics of Highmark. It's, you know, it's a, it's a tight space, and, and some of those stands are servicing like half the stadium when they probably shouldn't be. Like, there should be another stand to to, to break it up. Um, so, uh, you know, we'll see. I guess uh, definitely having all those little kiosks around helped. Um, as much fun as we poke at the tailgate zone marketing on, on Discord, I actually really like the tailgate zone. I, I went to it a few times. Um, and it was great at halftime because nobody ever went out to it. So you could, uh, you know, get the food trucks with really no line. Although was that, um, was that mistaken labeling to call it the tailgate zone? Cause you would never think that something that's the tailgate zone would be something you could go to at halftime. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Um, also getting to it is kind of awkward at halftime. You have to cut through the, uh, that back gate, right? That, yeah. That, that, that door right next to the ticketing that like, kind of goes by the, the Oh, that's where you shop. go. Oh, Okay. Yeah, you, you kind of it's it's not intuitive if you don't know t- to do it. Um, so maybe they come come up with a better system of actually like using the main gates uh, as a path or something. Um, but the, the the few times I did it later in the season, the food trucks unfortunately ran out of food, which sucked for me. But it's you know a good sign that it was popular enough that they ran out of food. Good for the food trucks. Um, yeah. But you know that that makes them come back because they know they're going to sell out. Um, so yeah, so like I I hope that that takes off um, or continues to take off. I guess since it 
seems to have already done so. Um, so yeah, you know, as long as they, what they, they could do, whatever they can do to to make the line shorter, you know, it, it always sucks at halftime when it takes twenty minutes to to get a drink, and that's all you want. But um, that's why there's a bar next to our section now. Yep, the not so secret secret bar uh, that is perfect for us. Uh, speaking, we kind of touched on the Montour Junction site now. I, I think the, the, the proper brand name is going to be like the AHN Health Sports. I, I don't know. It's, it's branded AHN, but it's, it's, it's Montour Junction. Sorry, guys. It's Montour Junction. <laughs> uh, you and I both live fairly close to it, drive by it with some regularity. Uh, what are your thoughts going past it right now? It looks, last I went by a couple days ago, it looks like all four sides are finally walled in they put the garage doors in they put some lights in so it looks like we might be getting close yeah it's really excited to see that uh actually come together it, it they had a couple fields there for a few years but um there wasn't really much movement on the actual building and, and everything so i was worried that it stalled so it's nice to see that it, it finally get finished um and the, the whole site just kind of comes full circle uh, if People didn't know that's that location was one of the considerations when they were going to build Highmark uh, to put the, uh, the the full stadium there. But um, you know, fortunately, at the time, it didn't work out, so we got the amazing location downtown. Uh, but it's it's cool to see that that area then down the line here still still be in play for the Hounds. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a, a great location. It's going to be great for preseason, so we're not all. Or the team's not freezing uh, in these zero degree days, or you know, this rain and, and sleet and snow we're getting in the next few days. The national team, team can play through it. You can do a preseason. <laughs> what the how the house well, in Westchester United can can play in four four degrees at Highmark? Why not? Although I think all the, all uh, the preseason games are this year going to be at Highmark anyway. So, although I'm sure I I imagine if something happens, they of that's where they're going. They'll try to bump it there. Yeah, for sure. I mean that happened. Uh, right before the pandemic started, they had they there was that preseason game that they're going to have a high mark, but then we had really crappy weather, so they moved it to Cool Springs at who knows what cost, and if they've had to bump somebody for that. Uh, but now having their own facility, they can you know potentially schedule around it. But um, yeah, I mean, we we don't have any kids in like the youth system or anything to to really have firsthand uh, accounts of like using. Or, or to use that site soon, but it definitely seems like it's going to be a big boon for that. And um, definitely looking forward to getting down there and, and checking it out at some point. Yeah, and it looks like there's going to be con- uh, as Vic was talking. It sounds like there's going to be concessions there. So if there's ever preseason games or there's going to be uh, some train sessions that that people want to go check out, there might be an opportunity to to get a a bite and a drink while you're while you're down there. So, I, I yeah. think it's just going to end up working for him. Yeah, it's it's definitely the next step. Um, it's kind of like the 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 standard progression for I think uh, USL teams is you get your stadium and then you get your training facility, and then you have when you have two facilities, the the revenue opportunity you know obviously doubles. So it definitely puts them in a good position. Not that we were necessarily worried about like financials or anything, but uh, you know that's that's definitely going to really shore them up and uh, 
make him a, a much stronger presence in the area. For sure. Uh, now, another thing we were looking at when we were trying to put together a rundown for, for this show, uh, we didn't want to touch on a, a bunch of signings that are going on with other clubs and where other you know former hounds have been going or where guys who are on the club last year have long gone. But there was one name that just signed somewhere else uh, a couple days ago. was not on the uh, hounds last year, but is going to be a familiar name to a lot of people. Romeo Parks is back in the Eastern Conference of the USL, signing with the Miami a couple days ago, and uh, that brings Romeo Parks to Highmark Stadium as a as a visitor for the first time. Dun, dun, um, dun. Yeah, and we thought it'd be a good it'd be a good stroll down the the Steel Army memory lane for uh, for maybe some of the newer members or people who don't don't know what this name is or what this is about. Uh, so for anyone who's not aware, Vesti, you want to give the, the overview or you want me to do the honors? <laughs> uh, why don't you give it? I feel like I've been talking a lot. Okay. Uh, so Romeo Parks signed with the Hounds, uh, going into the, the famous slash infamous 2016 season. And for the first couple games was on fire scoring goals for fun and well, as a forward and we're all thinking this guy is going to uh be the guy to kind of lead the line for the hounds this year and coming back from a playoffs from a playoff uh birth the year before it's all gonna be good and then on may 8th uh game at highmark stadium against uh sugar free um uh, Romeo and a player, uh, I always butcher his last name, Carl Umlet. Umet? I, was, I thought it was like We Met or something like um, that. We Met? I, I, don't I think know it, that, We Met's uh, right. Carl We Met. We'll go with that. Uh, Romeo and Carl got into a, a bit of a, a tussle of words. And then Carl went to, to walk away from the situation. And Romeo, for lack of a better phrase, uh, Kung Fu kicked Carl right between the shoulder blades in the back. Uh, Ambulance came out on the field. Carl was down for 15 minutes or so, if I remember correctly. And Romeo got sent off uh, for the obvious thing. There's me coughing. Use my uh, my mute there. Ooh. The next day he was... uh, his contract was terminated by the Hounds, and then shortly after that, FIFA gave him a worldwide ban until uh, October of that year. So he was basically out of a footballing job uh, worldwide for, what would that be, about what, six, seven months, wherever that ended up being. And then going to next year, 2017, uh, everything's kind of quiet on the, uh, on the Hounds front. And then before a game, uh, uh, then-president uh, Maria comes up to a couple of us with a, uh, an interesting question. And it turns out someone from the club passed along the message, would there be an issue with the Steel Army if they re-signed Romeo Parks? And I think all of us... T- talked for a little bit or something like that and none of us had an issue with it because we heard some 
some various stories about what happened leading up to the uh, to the Kung Fu kick, which you should still find uh, on YouTube probably pretty easily. Uh, it legitimately made uh, international news that this happened, so it wasn't wasn't a small story in in the soccer circles by any means. But it came back to us: would there be an issue if they if they brought Romeo Parks back? And, I, and to everyone's credit, I think everyone was on board with him coming back without much reservation. Uh, is that how you remember it? Uh, well, I mean, I, I don't know if that reservation might be a strong way to put it. There was definitely some of us who are just kind of like didn't know what to make of resigning him. And I know there were definitely a few people who were very against it. Um, not necessarily like uh, stealing board members or anything, but just within the army. Um, yeah, I, I don't remember myself having like a strong opinion one way or the other. Just kind of like a, huh, they're going to resign him, huh? All right. <laughs> um. And then when they did, like Tuffy put out a statement about, uh, I think it was Tuffy, like um, he he was definitely quoted on the, on the press chances release and stuff. What was that? He was definitely quoted on the press release. Yeah, there's all kinds of talks about forgiveness and second chances and all that, all that jazz. This was also under uh, Dave Brandt was now the head coach. So it's a different head coach than the year before, so that may have also played into it. Um, but I I personally was excited that Romeo wanted to come back here and kind of for lack of a better terms try to make amends for what happened i mean it'd be easy for him to walk away from the situation from the hounds from the league in general uh but and he had a an interview with uh with i think dk after he came back and basically spoke about how he wanted to have kind of this a chance to redeem for what happened and and he seemed very sincere very contrite about about the incident happening even though uh, kind of behind closed doors. I think we never got the exact phrase that was uttered to him, but it sounded like maybe one of those things where a line was crossed that shouldn't be crossed, and and uh, Romeo decided to do something about it. Uh, but he was contrite about about the incident and wanted to make amends to to the club and to the league and to all those all those parties affected. And so I was all for him coming back. And I know some people were. I know some people were more lukewarm on the idea. But then a couple, I think it was, it took maybe two weeks or something like that for it to finally happen. But then uh, Romeo's back being a hound. Yeah, at the time, too, that was one of the slow start seasons uh, where we just weren't scoring and uh, were winless for quite a while. So, uh, you know, as you mentioned, he was just scoring at will before the incident. So um, there was that pragmatic approach, was like, well, Maybe not the you know interesting to resign him, but if he's going to be here, hopefully he is uh, doing what he's what he did and uh, can kind of kick the kickstart the season for the Hounds uh, for you know a terrible term to use, but uh, um, that ended up not really panning out. He he was never really the same here when he came back. He uh, you know, he put a few in and everything, but he just he, he wasn't scoring at the clip that he was. Um, for the band, yeah, yeah. Um, after, he was here for 2017, 2018. Um, so Bob's first season, he overlapped with that. Yes. Um, Bob never seemed to particularly care for him that much. Um, he was maybe from, the from first, many... the first victim of 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 who's Bob going to be yelling at the entire game. Yeah, we we heard his name on on the uh, 
you know, being picked up by the field mics more than anything. Which yeah, is that, never that was our first introduction to, to Bob picking someone out for uh, for being upset or not even being upset, but just constantly barking out that they're they need to get. Was it? I think Roman just had to get back. He had to get back more often, right? Yeah, he he was definitely like uh, you know a poacher, but Bob likes uh, the full team effort back and forward. And if yeah, uh, if Bob doesn't think you're running enough, you're gonna hear about it. But so but, then. Um, then he goes, he heads off to, to uh, Sligo Rovers, and I believe that's Ireland. And he, yeah. He actually lit it up there. He was a bit of a fan favorite from the best I could tell with Sligo Rovers. Uh, was there for a while and then did a quick tour with uh, New Mexico back here in the USL. Um, and then I think went back to Sligo for a bit. And now he finds himself in the Miami. So this is going to be his first time coming to Highmark Stadium as a visiting player. What, are your, what were your first thoughts? Um, you know, I, I don't necessarily, I'm not one to feel much animosity towards people coming back to Highmark. Um, you know, none, unless they should talk about the time here, which I don't think anybody really has. Uh, so like last year when Robbie came back, I know there were, uh, there are some people in the Stu Army section that, uh, really went all out with the anti Robbie stuff. Um, to put which it, I, I find yeah, I find it funny, you know, good for them. Uh, but for me personally, I'm just like, eh, you know, he's back. Um, so I'll probably gonna feel the same thing for Romeo. Like, um, you know, he's back. We'll see if he is the Romeo that was doing all right in Ireland, or if he's the Romeo that uh, just kind of floated through here for a second stint. Um, he joins Francois still on Miami's roster, I think. I don't think no. I think he's he's unattached at the moment. Oh, I believe. I was going to say he joins another former rounds coming back. But yeah, I, I, when Miami put their first list out of who was retained, he wasn't on there, and I haven't seen his name come up anywhere else. So I think, oh, he, I think he, yeah, Cristiano's kind of hanging out there right now. Uh, he was there for two seasons, I think, and that's and it's not just a, a Bob thing that people tend to, to get cut loose after two seasons. That's just kind of how the USL has been for a while. Uh, so maybe, yeah, maybe he's he's trying to to do something else now. But um, yeah. Either way, you know, Romeo is back. We'll we'll see. Um, I mean, he's he's got to be probably getting towards the, the tail end of his career as well. Um, so maybe he's not that prolific of a scorer anymore. Anyways, does but, Romeo uh, score when he plays in Pittsburgh? I'm gonna say no, just because we've let up so few goals over the last few years. Anyways, um, I I don't. Uh, I, I don't watch whatever league in Ireland, so who knows, but I just don't necessarily think it's going to translate back over here. If he does score, does he celebrate? Does he do the backflip? Yes. He backflips on us? <laughs> uh, I mean, if, if he still does it, sure, I guess. Um, he has he just... has to still do it. I saw a video of him in, in Ireland when he scored, he did it. So I'll assume he's still doing it. If he's not doing yeah. it, he probably should retire. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's your gauge of your two. You're getting two up there in age. If you can still do back club or not, yeah. not, not if you can produce goals. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm sure he will. Uh, I mean, I know it's something that we remember quite, quite vividly because it was such a, a big deal at the time. But it is uh, six years ago now. Um, you know, it's starting to get to be ancient memory. And, and after him jumping around 
between Ireland and, and New Mexico and stuff. I don't know if like, he necessarily, it, I don't know if that's going to be like at the front of his mind. If he scores here, I think he just might score. <laughs> um, so like, even if he does celebrate, I don't necessarily know if he's like, he's going to mean anything about it. And I don't think he's going to be, I don't know if I would even remember enough. If it was me to, to care, like, Oh, I shouldn't score. Cause I caused this big kerfuffle. Um, Oh, see, I, I always I always fall that. I'm always curious when they come back if they when they score if they celebrate. Um, Jose Angulo had that half half field sh- uh, goal for Hartford, and like actively did not celebrate it at all. Likewise, Cristiano Francois scored and got really celebratory about it. <laughs> and yeah, I was not not too pleased on that one. Um, I, I guess Angulo was gone for a while at that point, so like I wouldn't. But no, I mean, like he act like people are coming up, like all his teammates are, get, you know, going crazy. They just scored this thing from, from the midline, and he was like actively like pushing him away. Yeah, but didn't he? Was he good? Like a, a pretty friendly with Tuffy, like personally. So oh, there's pictures maybe, of him going golfing. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. So maybe he has, you know, a stronger connection than I guess than I don't know some of the other guys that come through are more mercenary types and just. I don't think they got, care. Got a golden uh, boot with the hounds. I'll put them on the yeah uh, back 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 in the USL when like it was sixteen games or goals like that. a season was was noteworthy. Yeah. <laughs> now guys are like getting up in the around twenty, if not more. I, I don't remember what I don't remember what last year's golden boot was. It was Haji Berry. I just don't know what the number was. It's up there. It's yeah. definitely not. Uh, what was it? Twenty fifth. That him and Dalman went in that tear. Yeah, but I mean, I the think season was. was also two thirds of what it is now. It was like twenty something. True. Years. Yeah. Yeah. We should get Jose on the uh, get him on the show here. That's the other thing. We gotta get like <laughs> former players. We need to ask ask Jose about the ask about the Golden Boot. Ask about scoring and not celebrate, and then we can ask him about his time playing for New Amsterdam. It should be good. <laughs> yeah. What, what kind of what kind of toppings do they put in their pizza over there? <laughs> Do you ever get this, your final paycheck, is gonna, Jose? <laughs> There's going to be some very confused people listening to this show when we start dropping these really inside baseball, lower league soccer jokes. This is what we're here for. Especially if they don't follow this stuff on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, if you're listening to this show, uh, you probably need to, and you're not doing lower league soccer follows, you probably need to start following the craziness that is lower league soccer because that's, that's where a lot of this material is going to come from. Let's just, I mean, if you follow the Stu Army account, we, we're pretty up on that. So, Or you that need to be joining be, uh, the Stu Army Discord where this all gets discussed. We yeah, will, there we you go. Put hey. the, uh, we'll put some uh, a link to the Discord in the show notes. There we go. There's your, your podcast like bingo card right there. We'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> and look at us remembering to promote the stuff that we have. Ooh, that's not even on my list. I meant to put that in the uh, in my checklist here. I didn't even do anything about Discord, but we, now we fit it in there. Uh, speaking of uh, Stu Army ideas, news, notes, updates, all that kind of stuff, um, our annual general meeting is tentatively scheduled for the 26th, which is during the Louisville preseason game at Highmark Stadium. Most likely, it'll fall before it'll fall before the the friendly match, uh, probably an hour, hour and a half before, and we all stick around and watch uh, watch the Hounds do a little practicing with Louisville. Again, that is a tentative date. That's not set in stone, but we should have something here probably the next, gotta be in the next week or so, so we can get the get that pushed out there. Because then also with that becomes the opening for 
nominations to the board. We have to get that out because the at the AGM is when we do the elections. So stay on the, the lookout for that. We should have, again, hopefully in the next couple of days, we get. I know we put the date in to the club for them to, to say if we can hold the meeting there that day, but that's kind of the where we're looking at. Um, the 2020 scarf is in production. This is going to be the first year that the scarf was not done by Vesti. Uh, you've had a look at the, 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 the design for this year's scarf. What are your, uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, looking good. Um, I guess breaking news for, for this, um, I'm actually stepping down from the steel army board, uh, because my life with my kids is getting very busy and very tiring at the same time. Um, so, uh, for if you don't know who I am, I've been kind of working behind the scenes as our design person for almost a decade, doing all the scarves and things. So uh, I am passing the torch to the shoes, and he's taking over this year, and is already hitting it out of the park with his first one. So um, really looking forward to getting my hands on it once we, or I guess once you guys get them in, and uh, and yeah, it's just. It's uh looking good. Yeah, I showed I showed the design to a couple couple buddies of mine who are casual. They're actually growing fans of the club and of the Stormy, and they were uh, all very very excited for it. So I don't want to give it away yet. I don't want there's kind of there's an obvious theme to it, but I don't want to give it away yet. Uh, but I I at least of the straw poll of the three other people I showed, it's uh it's a big hit. Yeah, once once you get it and once you fall in love with it, make sure you tell Shu all about it. Yes, build up his confidence. We uh, we need to keep him keep him <laughs> happy to to keep doing this for for the next uh, at least nine years after uh, after this one. Yeah, uh, we didn't tell him it's a very long position, so we got to make sure he likes it. Correct. You at least have to have two kids as an excuse to get out of it. <laughs> the uh, great excuses, let me tell you. Yep. Uh, so as Vesti just said, there's there's definitely going to be some openings on the board this year, and that's going to come out. Uh, Probably here again, again when we have an AGM, we can probably open up nominations. So be on the lookout for that. There's going to be a uh, looks like a couple different shakeups to the board as people have uh, kids and life to to focus on instead of the important things. Yeah, and uh, we because of the pandemic and things being weird for a year or two there, uh, we kept the board. We put to a vote to the group uh, to the to the membership. And um, we ended up keeping the board pretty static now for almost two years, uh, just because there wasn't really much going on, and was we weren't seeing people in person to, you know, build relationships to have votes and things like that um, for new positions. So um, this year probably be the potentially the a larger board shakeup than you usually see of just uh, finally having the ability for some people to step down like myself and get some fresh faces in there. So it should be fun. Come come to the AGM, especially if you want to be on the board. Yeah, we, and there's going to be some opening up the boards. I know the the committees that we were trying to get going right before the uh, the pandemic hit are going to try get get those going back in the full swing. So the the opportunities to be more heavily involved with the with the group uh, will be plentiful uh, this year. I know last year we we kind of had to kind of treat as a as a as a restart, so there, you know, the the number of TFOs and things like that didn't didn't go like we normally do. But this year, twenty twenty two is going to be the a year of of opportunities for all of you to get involved with this fine organization. Uh, 
we didn't discuss it all, even though it's probably one of the biggest news of news of the offseason. Detroit is now in the league, coming from uh, coming from Nisa and probably getting out of there at the at the right time. Uh, that means that is becomes our closest away day is now Detroit, and that means the potential for a bus trip, which we have not done in ooh, it was Bob's first year, so 2018 was the last time we had a bus trip. No, was it? That wasn't even then. We all we all shuttled out to Harrisburg. It's been a very long time. Was the last the, bus the, the 2017? I think it might have been 2017 with, when Brandt. That might have been it. Oof. So it's been years since we've done a bus. A bus is potentially back in the works. It looked it looked dodgy when it was going to be a seven, when we assumed a seven o'clock start, but now that it's a, an afternoon start, there's a chance for a bus. The inquiries are in now with the bus company. Um, it's looking a little bit more difficult than we at first thought it would be, but there's a chance. So be on the lookout for a potential bus trip to Detroit. If the bus does not come true, does not happen, that doesn't mean you don't have to go to Detroit. That just means we're all carpooling to Detroit, and we are going to we're going to kick it like we haven't been able to do in years. Um, when Harrisburg yeah. went out, it was it became Loudon was the closest place, and then Loudon was always on a weekday because. We'll assume they didn't want us there. Uh, so the chances for the big the big caravan to go to games has not happened for a while. But uh, hopefully it's back here uh, March 26th, going up the, to Detroit. Vesta, you going? Yeah. Um, it, it seems like regardless if we get a bus or not, there's a, a sizable group of people who are interested in going um, just because it's the closest legitimate team that we've had in a while. Um, you know, Loudon's closer, but there are two teams. Nobody gives a crap. Uh, and they're leaving next year anyways. You know, Red Bulls, two-team, nobody cares. Uh, Bethlehem was a two-team. A little bit of caring there, but they're gone, so whatever. Um, so Detroit's the closest team, uh, depending on if New York, Queensboro gets online. You know, we'll see about that. So a lot of excitement there um, early in the season, too. So get the, the early season jitters to go somewhere but uh yeah i'll be there uh, regardless if it's a bus or not and it sounds like quite a few of us will be there so yeah plan on a party in detroit uh we will probably get pizza so that could be like a pizza party like a like a nisa part pizza party uh <laughs> and that's all come together in the last uh in the last couple hours here the open cup was able to finally put out their their first round pairings which probably means that the uh, that the new Amsterdam debacle of of the of this past weekend has come to a close. For anyone who who is not on Twitter or not uh, following lower league absolute drama and madness that combines with U.S. Open Cup soccer madness and drama, uh, New Amsterdam is one of the one of the NISA teams that was not included in uh, in the announcement of the 103 teams in the Open Cup. They immediately protested and and went on basically a would you call it a Twitter rant? It was a Twitter rant. Uh, I'd call it a Twitter bender uh, over the course of the last week, and uh, the world has had a front row seat of watching somebody torpedo his own team. Yeah, so he starts shit posting basically Nisa, the commissioner of Nisa, um, and then was upset when he was essentially kicked out of the league. Uh, and then, th- did they foul the injunction today, or were they just threatening to foul the injunction? 
to to be, be allowed uh, to play in the league that he shit posted on all weekend. I don't know if anybody actually found a court case. Uh, as much as we are, you know, really paying attention to this and, and enjoying the the craziness, um, soccer journalists, the the bigger soccer journalists, um, have kind of not been paying attention, and those are the guys who usually go out and find uh, the court documents. So. Um, I don't know if they've actually done anything yet. I would be surprised if it's just a lot of fluff for Twitter and not, they don't actually do it because I don't even know. And then I noticed that the New Amsterdam... I don't even know what kind start... of junction that would look like. Yeah. Then I noticed that New Amsterdam started blocking a lot of people on Twitter. So I guess that might be the end of the the end of his rant. This is like the flame out where it all goes away. Yeah. But um, at the risk of explaining the joke because that's always makes it funnier. Um the reason why we keep talking about pizza is because of this situation. Um, apparent, if you if you're unfamiliar, if you weren't following, at some point over last weekend on this Twitter bender, uh, the owner started sending people money for pizza. As I don't know why, <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> but using the, using a team account to be like, hey, who wants pizza? DM us and we'll send you money. And apparently they did. And some people got some pizza. And there was yes, there was photos of of soccer. Was it like hashtag soccer rebel, rebellion soccer pizza or soccer rebellion pizza or something like that? Yeah, I don't know what it was. How Probably much of your like... how much of your vacation got sidetracked by watching this by watching this insanity over the weekend? Oh, it was wonderful entertainment when I got back to the hotel in the evenings. Um, apparently, he was sending like fifty bucks to people for pizza. That's uh, was that how much he was sending for pizza? Yeah. Well, he, New York pizza is probably expensive. It's yeah. The cost of pizza not league dues, but not paying league dues, but like spending a thousand bucks on pizza for internet strangers or whatever. <laughs> and then trying to sell that he was doing like uh he was doing like pizza party t shirts. I don't <laughs> oh, I yeah, think like so. The, I think it was it's Dorito it buy a shirt, someone bought a shirt. Thing. Uh I don't know if anybody of our someone that claimed really to it. if they did, we're off to well can't wait to I, see it. Yeah, I saw people on Twitter saying they bought it, but I, I wasn't paying attention if it was one of ours or not. So that leads us to the Open Cup. We now have a first-round uh, draw. There's 32, what they call the Open Division, basically the amateur div- op- amateur teams. So it's going to be 16 matchups. Those 16 winners will then join all of the D3 and D2 teams, including the Hounds in the uh, in the second round proper. So that means yeah, there's, I it, mean there's only going to be a few you know few amateur teams, which means there's a fair chance we're seeing another professional team uh, for our first cup game in two years. Uh, I mean, so if, if it's not an amateur team, even though there is uh, Cleveland's in Cleveland SC is one of those USL is that you are they USL two? Uh, yeah, I, I never so. keep that stuff straight. So there's a chance of maybe any, a Cleveland any, team. Um, I mean, there's not much around here besides them. So, if you're looking more more of the pro teams, you know, Detroit, well, any of the teams around us, any of the teams that would be we'd be playing in the in the regular season, or then maybe maybe Roch- Rochester. I think would be my my preferential. If not an amateur team, I want Rochester. Yeah. So the you know, the um, the negative about where we are in our league, uh, as far as like close rivals. Is actually a positive in the Open Cup because that uh, ups the chance of an amateur team playing us instead of a professional team, uh, especially because like Loudon and New York Red Bulls too aren't allowed to play in the Open Cup. So it really like the closest professional teams to us are like Detroit, Indy, Louisville, 
and uh, Hartford. But there's a ton of amateur teams in like the New York area, uh, Rochester, Cleveland, um, some around D.C. So I think there's still probably a good chance that we would end up with one of them because uh, they, they do the geographical pairing for the first couple of rounds. And then I think when MLS comes in is when they start going to the actual bracket. Uh, so we'll see. I thought I heard or read that Lansdowne is in it again this year. Uh, I saw, so but it, it be... wasn't the, it was a slightly different name. I don't know if they changed their name oh. for some, if it's a totally different club or if they just changed their name for some purposes, but there was like a Lansdowne something and that caught my eye, but then it wasn't, it wasn't boys, B-H-O-Y-S, so. Yeah. I was going to say, maybe get some revenge for a few years ago, but maybe not. Even if it's not um, them. If it's just Lansdowne something else, we can get our pound of flesh from them. Yeah. I haven't seen Adria in, a while, in the, the tournament for a while. They were always fun, even though we beat them every time. Yeah. Uh, they have, R- I have not seen the name in a couple years, so. Yeah. Maybe they've just gone. They kept the actual same team is still playing. They just They're just, you know. Five, six, seven years older, and now they they can't qualify. <laughs> I hope Igor's I, out I there. Hope still, Igor, yeah. hope I hope Igor. Yeah, I hope Igor's doing that for them. Yeah, still wearing, um, still wearing sixty nine. <laughs> I uh, I also saw that the the second round pairings are supposed to be announced on Monday, so we should know our possible matchups pretty quick. Is it Monday? I thought it was later than that. I thought they oh, said they the said they said that's right. They did say the seventh, and I forgot that it's already the first week of February. Yep, I'm still thinking it's like mid-January. Now so, yeah. I feel like since they uh, they did not change the entrance because of this Nisa kerfuffle, that they probably could have did the, the second round pairing and the first round pairing at the same time. I was halfway stuff them was to supposed, do that, but this stuff was supposed to be announced like two weeks ago, two three weeks both, ago, both pairings. Yeah, so yeah. I don't know why they're waiting for a few more days, but. Uh, we should know soon, at least. So yeah, be on the lookout for that. Maybe by the time we're uh, we're talking in a week from now, see we're we're committing to the the once a week schedule here. We can have an open cup potential matchup to discuss. Hopefully, have some yeah, better and, ideas and, on uh, on where the roster stands, and we'll be getting ready for a preseason game. Yeah, preseason starts next weekend with a doubleheader. I think right. That's a that's that next weekend. Uh, on the twelfth, yeah, is the the Villanova and the Westchester, who's a, who's also in the Open Cup, so this will be good prep for them to get ready for their Open Cup matchup. Uh, yep. So yeah, kind of. A, I'm assuming it's going to be kind of a split squad thing for the Hounds. I can't see guys probably playing, playing both ends of that. I wonder if um, are they? You think they're playing ninety minutes for every one of these games, or they're going to be like 60, 60, 60 or something like that? Uh, probably if. They might be officially playing ninety, but then having the splits in it, um, they that's what they usually do with those those early games. Is there's so much rotation, just complete wholesale changes. Yeah. Um, especially for a back to back like that, I I don't see them doing four. But there's also there's games. also going to be Villanova versus Westchester is also happening. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, realize that. it's like a round robin thing. That's why I'm thinking they where they may just play play well, maybe forty five. Like each contest is forty five minutes or maybe an hour, like less than ninety. Yeah, if 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 every team's playing two matches that day, uh, they're I, they just don't have the time to do four ninety on one field. Like it's not like an academy game with this field all over the place. Oh, what if they if they played if they played touchline to touchline? That'd be that'd be kind of cute. <laughs> 
Uh, so get the, get the little get the little nets out for the kids for halftime. Oh yes, yes, yes. And they actually, instead of playing eleven aside, they'll just empty the bench. Whoever's whoever's there. There whoever's we go. Just everybody, everybody chasing people. the ball around. Yes, bunch up to the ball. It'd be great. <laughs> so we, uh, I think we've come to the end of of episode one of of Steel Army Podcast two point What? Uh, how do you think we did? Hopefully good. Uh, yeah, you know, I think it's a good go for the first time, and uh, only we can only go up from here, right? Uh, we got some standards. Yeah, yeah. Wait, did we learn anything today? Did we? Is there anything? What did we learn today? Best. <laughs> uh Oh, if this is a recurring bit, I gotta think of a good answer. Oh, this is probably gonna be a um, recurring bit. Some of Although I learned, I will say earlier when we were prepping for the show, I learned that uh, thanks to your crack research, that uh, Romeo Parks and Carl Umet have been on the field once before since the incident happened. Because I thought another fun sub story would be the fact that they have not been on the field since the incident in question, but it's happened. Uh, it did happen before. Yeah, I just wanted to double check you on that. Uh, they were on the field together for all of 19 minutes in one game. In we played Indy three times that season, and they were only that one game where they were both on the field. Uh, I don't know if Romeo was hurt or whatever later on in the season, but he did. He wasn't getting minutes. Or maybe, did he come in as a late sub then? Maybe? So the game that did they did play, he was a, a late sub in the final 19, okay. and the other two games he wasn't listed on the not featuring. Uh, I don't. I, I actually don't know if that paper showed the bench, but he he wasn't listed as somebody who actually saw minutes in those games. But so, about the time we were doing this is when the U.S. game was kicking off, so on to other things. Yeah, that, that exciting. Well, they, of... they scored. They scored three goals. No one got frostbite, as best we can tell. Uh, I think it's a little early to know if they got frostbite. Or and not. clearly, they're the 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 objective of. Playing that game in Minnesota was uh, was a success, obviously. Uh, sure. <laughs> we'll see. It's been been an hour and a half since the game's over, so I haven't seen the uh, the uh, injury report since then. So maybe when we finish this uh, finish this podcast, we'll find out that I don't know. Kellen Acosta, who had a bunch of beautiful corner kicks, um, is out for the next six months. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. But uh, let, let's, uh, let's stop stretching for time. I'm sure people want to Yeah, here. we can wrap it up. So we would like to thank the Beautiful Game Network for providing the online hosting of Hounsey. Uh, check out the wealth of soccer content being produced weekly at bgn.fm. The Hounsey theme music, which is currently a MIDI, but is actually being recorded by actual musicians this weekend, was composed and performed by Rocketman and the Space Babies. Check them out at facebook.com slash spacebabiespgh. This show is produced by Joe Majorek. Email the show at stewarmypgh at gmail.com and put podcasts in the subject line. All complaints about the show can be sent to nick.noble at mail.wvu.edu. Thank you for listening, and we will be back again soon. Later.